It was God's grace. We're going to ask you that if you have a, a phone that's a, a laptop, you know, the one that you flip, flap, don't use it today. It messed with my system. If it, you know, the old one we used to. Please don't use that today. Just for the day in the service now, okay? After you leave here, you can go do it. Thank you. Get your Bible. Let's get right into God's Word. No hard feeling, okay? 1 Corinthians chapter number 2, we're going to verse number 1. 1 Corinthians chapter number 2. We come here to be taught the word of the Lord. I come to give you the vision for your life. Most people don't understand vision. We ended this morning and I'm going to go right back there because I'm getting ready to do another series on renewing the mind. I'm going to start next week and I'm going to show you why people get up in age and don't know nobody. Because they did not keep this principle of renewing their mind. This is not a game. You probably hear me over and over say, this is not a game. You probably watch Pastor Crump. You said, man, that brother know the word. That brother can remember the word. I am not remembering. It's the Holy Ghost in me. Of course he have to use my mind. But if the Holy Ghost wanted to use me and then my mind was not renewed, then he could not bring forth those scriptures to my remembrance. You've got a part to play in your salvation. And let's get to word. 1 Corinthians chapter number 2. And we're going to start reading with, with verse 1. We're going to read that all the way to verse 12. Let's go. Let's read. Verse 1 says, And I, brethren, when I came to you, I came not with excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring to you the testimony of God. I determined not to know anything among you, Say, Jesus Christ and him crucified. I was with you in weakness. I was with you in fear and much trembling. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. How be it we speak wisdom among them that are perfect, yet not the wisdom of this world, nor the prince of this world that come to naught. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom of God, which God ordained before the world unto our glory, which none of the princes of this world knew, for had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, I have not seen, nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that love him. But God has revealed them unto us by his Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. For what man knoweth the things of a man, save the spirit of man which is in him? Even so the things of God knoweth no man but the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. Let us pray, Father, we thank you for the things that are freely given to us of God. Freely. 
Your word told us in Romans 8, 32, that he, when, when God, he that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him freely give us all things? So you have given us all things, we found out, that pertain to life and godliness, so we can live a godly life and a holy life in this earth. So we give you all the praise and the glory and the honor. Now we ask your Holy Spirit will lead us and guide us, teach us. Thank you for your divine protection, your divine grace. Thank you for your divine covenant. We give you all the praise and all your glory. Thank you, Lord, for your divine prosperity, all your wisdom, all your blessings that you have blessed us with. We love you, we appreciate you, and thank you for loving us. In the precious name and precious blood of our Lord Jesus, we pray all to greet that prayer today. Amen. Amen. Now you may be seated, because first thing we're going to do is we're going to take you to that, what we taught first as 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 1 through 12, is the word of God revealed. Say that with me, the word of God revealed. Now, that's 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 10. Let's go back there again. The word of God revealed. Now, that's our series, the word of God revealed. We're on volume 2 already. And I think we're somewhere around part number six. So we haven't finished this series. We might continue this series next week. If not, we will start the series on the renewed mind. But anyway, this is the key right here. You got to have the word. You got to get the word from a person who the word has been revealed to. All right. That's why in this church, I gave you my podcast. Free. And all you have to do is pick your phone up and say, Door Faith Christian Church. And if you got a decent phone, up-to-date phone, <laughs> then your phone will open up to Door Faith Christian Church. And all you got to do is just hit the link and you'll go right to the podcast and to all the messages. And if you can't do that, I told you before, if you would call my office, leave your number, I will send you the podcast. You have, you are without excuse. All right, and you got free messages. Matter of fact, the message that I preached last week or the week before is already on the podcast. Amen? Amen. So all you got to do is just walk around. You can see it on, on YouTube or you can listen to it on, on the uh, podcast, but you have no, no, no reason why not to get the word. Or you can get the DVDs from here, you can get the CDs from here, and you got the word. Or you be in here, 9 o'clock service, 11 o'clock service, get the word. You have no excuse. Amen. How many people come to this church that does not live in Michigan? You in this church today, you do not live in Michigan. You do not live in Michigan first. We have my, my, daughter, my daughter home for the weekend. Uh, you do not live in Michigan. Now, you know you got from New York. You want to waste your hands? Okay. You wave your hand? Okay. All right. I'm just, that's my grandson and my granddaughter there. And over here we have uh, uh, from Texas, Fort Worth, Texas, Ira here, and also my brother, Louisville, Kentucky. All right, so we have people here who's, uh, give them a big hand, let's thank God. I want to make sure, Ursa, that all those people raise their hand and get a CD. I already gave you advantage, so now you know who they are. You can already be on your job, right? And then, how many people do not live in Pontiac? Do not live in Pontiac at this church service. Stand up on your feet. 
Just going to take one moment. You do not live in Pontiac. You have this service. I'm just trying to show you that you, you got to understand. People comes here from not Pontiac just to get the word at your church. Amen. Now that's day church. Go, thank you so very much. So you got you to understand. You got to understand when God got the word, people will come from all around just to get the word. Don't you miss it being right here in the city. I think we like, I'm going to say 10 miles by 10 miles. Okay. All right. But we want to thank God for that, okay? Now, but we're going to give you our message of the day. The message of the day, because we did 1 Corinthians chapter 2, go to verse 10 again. Uh, we talked on follow the Holy Spirit's vision. That's what we talk about now. Follow the Holy Spirit's vision. Now, to follow the Holy Spirit's vision, only one man in this Bible God gave vision to for you. Let's read it again out of NLT, or the good news, either one you are hooked up to right now. And let's read Ephesians chapter 3. I gave it this morning, going to be brief, because I got to get to my message today. Ephesians chapter number 3. God gave his vision to the apostle Paul for the church. Now, this vision has already been rejected by the Jewish people. The vision you have been given to was rejected by the Jewish people because they rejected the cross. So they didn't get these benefits and blessings because they rejected Christ and his cross. To get these blessings, you have to receive Christ and his death, being resurrection for your salvation. And the Jews rejected it. Now it's your time. So Ephesians said, when I think of all of this, Paul says, I'm the prisoner of Jesus Christ for the benefit of you Gentiles. Assuming, by the way, that you know God gave me the special responsibility of extending his grace to you. That's Paul's message. And I briefly wrote earlier, God himself revealed his mysterious plan to me. As you read what I have written, you would understand my insight in the plan regarding Christ. God did not reveal it to previous generations. You got to understand, all these people have been in this world before uh, the dispensation of grace, which started with Christ and his resurrection. But now, to Apostle Paul, when he gave him the message, the dispensation of grace started. God did not reveal it to the previous generation, but now, 2,000 years ago, by his Holy Spirit, he has revealed it to his holy apostles and prophets. And this is God's plan. Three things. Number one, both the Gentiles and Jews who believe the good message. Remember, the Jews already rejected their part. The Gentiles and Jews who believe in God's good news, talking about the gospel of Christ, share, this is number one, share equally in the riches inherited by God's children. So all those Deuteronomy blessings, blessings, I'll bless you and multiply, I'll multiply, all those blessings have, been, have come to you now in Christ. Number one, then it says both are part of the same body. Number two, now both, we are now part of the same body, the body of Christ. And we also are, are, have received the blessings. We also both enjoy the promise of blessings because they belong to Christ Jesus. 
And then I gave you another verse, but God, but God's grace and his mighty power, I have been given the privilege of serving him by spreading the good, this good news. Now, this good news is the gospel of Christ. All right, now remember this vision of the gospel of Christ. It's not the gospel of the kingdom. It's not the law. You can't sit on anything and then get what God wants for your life. Now, Jan uh, we talked about this morning, uh, 3 John 2. I told you in 3 John 2, this is what God said to John for the church of, Christ, church of God who rejected the vision. This was God's desire. I did a series in the storehouse about the Holy Spirit's desire. It's already on your podcast. Beloved, I wish. Now, this is what God says about what he want done. He said it to the church of God. They rejected it. I wish above all things that, number one, you may prosper. This is why I'm going to do this series on a renewed mind. Not today. The number one desire God has is that, that you may prosper. Number two, that you may be in health. And number three, even as your soul prosper. So this prospering and being in health is all predicated on one thing, is that your soul prosper. Your soul can't prosper without the word. So I'm going to show you. So what happened is God has already given you his word so you can prosper. And you got to understand that's true prosperity as a soul prosper. All right. Now, let's go back to where we were this morning. I just closed that out this morning. But we're talking about our teaching today, uh, dealing with the follow the Holy Spirit vision. So what I want to do today is I want to tap into some things that I need to get into this morning. Now, I want to go back because I'm trying to take you to show you how to vision. Let's go all the way back to... Uh, go to Deuteronomy chapter 30. Let me show you something first. We're just going to come right down through the word of God today. Deuteronomy chapter number 30. See, they are the, they are, the, there's Israel who got a vision from Moses was the law. Then there was the children of Israel who got a vision from Moses. Uh, uh, not just Moses, but all the way down to Christ, which was the gospel of the kingdom through Peter. Then there was a vision that God gave to John on the Isle of Patmos. Then there was a vision God gave to Paul. You got to know what you're being taught in the Word of God. You got to know what you're being taught. When you go to a church, you got to understand the vision. I, I, we're going to show you that in Proverbs 29 18. We're going to put that in your notes. Right, Proverbs 29 18. All right, in Deuteronomy chapter number 30. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm on 34. Deuteronomy chapter number 30. This was verse number one. Let's just do verse one. It shall come to pass when all these things come upon you. This was to Israel. He said, the blessing and the curse. Now remember, in the new covenant, you don't have the curse. Now, one thing I like in this church is when I say something very important, <laughs> you should say something. Amen. Let me say it again. In the new covenant, you don't have a curse. Amen. Okay. Now, let me show it to you. Go to Galatians 3.13. 
I was going to show you something else. See, I be wanting to show you different things, but when you don't react or respond, then I, I know you ain't ready for it, so I go somewhere else. So find somewhere else so I can be able to minister the word. That's all I'm doing. I'm looking for what the Spirit wants to, to minister. In Galatians 3.13, Christ has redeemed us from what? You couldn't have a curse without the law. They only got curses because of the law. The law gave them curses. So when you go back and read Deuteronomy chapter 28 or Leviticus 26, 26 was for the father, 28 was for the children. They got curses because they couldn't keep the law. So here's, the, here's what, why, one of the reasons when Christ came. Christ has redeemed, redeemed, bought, paid for with his own blood, Israel, Israel from the curse of the law because you would never under the law. Being made a curse for us. So when Christ died on the cross, he was made a curse for us. It's written, curses everyone that hangeth on the tree. So because he died on the cross, he became the curse. He became the high priest and the sin offering. He became the kid. He became both. All right? Now, but I'm, I'm continuing to read that. I'm, I'm flowing. Why did he do that? Why did he become a curse and fulfill the law for the Jewish believer? That the blessings of Abraham. Now, how many in this church know what the blessing of Abraham is saying? We, we sing it all the time. The blessing of Abraham. What is the blessing of Abraham? God's righteousness. Come on, you don't know? Just say it. God's righteousness. Right. God's righteousness is the blessing of Abraham. So otherwise, that the blessing of Abraham. What happened to Abraham? Abraham believed God and God counted it for righteousness. Here's the blessing of Abraham. That the blessing of Abraham, God's righteousness, might come on the Gentiles. That's who people were at that time. They were either Jew or Gentile. That the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles. How are you going to do it? Going to do it through Jesus Christ. Why do you need the blessing of Abraham? Why do you need God's righteousness? That we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. You could not receive the promise of the Spirit until you were righteous. Let me say it again. All the promises of God is to the righteous. So when you read all the Old Testament... You'll hear this, blessed are the righteous. Blessed, all that, Matthew chapter 5, you read it sometimes, all those people that are righteous. You're going to look at all Old Testament back then, Proverbs and Psalm, all the blessings are to the righteous. I got series in the storehouse on the blessings are for the righteous. Every blessing in the Bible is to the righteous. So you, God have to make you righteous before you can receive the blessings of inheritance as a son. So just because you say, I've been to church, I mean, I, I went to this church, I got baptized in water in Jesus' name, that don't mean you're righteous. Christ is God's righteousness. Romans 10 and 4. So we have to understand who Christ is in our life. Without receiving Christ in your heart, you can't never become righteous. God has to come in you with his blood, cleanse the house, come with the soul, cleanse the soul of man, and then he can move in. He can't move in the house until he has cleansed the house. Christ is the end of the law for what purpose? Righteousness. For righteousness. He's the end of the law for righteousness. You cannot get righteousness by works no more. Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Gentile. You can't get it. Now, 
But you get righteousness through Christ. 1 Corinthians 1.30. 1 Corinthians 1.30 told us who Christ is in my life. Christ is my righteousness. He's my justification. He's my sanctification. He's my redemption. He's everything to me. But of him are you in Christ Jesus, who of God is made. Christ is made on us wisdom. He's my wisdom. He's my righteousness. He's my sanctification. He's my redemption. How many in this church know what redemption is? It's, it's forgiveness of sins. So I'm going somewhere. Look at Ephesians chapter 1, verse 6 and 7. Do you know most people that go to church do not know they have been forgiven? You cannot be a born-again believer if you have not been forgiven. But the key with forgiveness is people think they got to do something to get it. You void out the plan of God in your life when you try to work to get something that's only done by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Ghost does not operate in the spirit of work. He operates in the spirit of rest. Most of Jesus' miracles was on the Sabbath day. He had to work for the people who was not working. He waited for the people who was not working, and then he could work. And that's what people do to understand. The Sabbath means rest. So when you rest, God works. That's why he do not want your heart troubled, worried, stressed, because it interferes with his work. When you relax, look at somebody, I say relax. When you relax, God works. One of the greatest things I learned when I went Greyhound, I had never rode the bus until I went from Mississippi to St. Louis. And I got on that bus, that man says on his mic, he says what? What? How many know what he says? Sit back and rest and leave the driving us. That makes sense, doesn't it? Because you're not going to be able to drive that bus. You might as well just sit back and relax and leave the driving to them. Go Greyhound. That was their slogan. All right. Now, we're going to show you some things today. Ephesians 1, 6 and 7 says, To the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he has made us acceptable in the beloved. Let me say it again. God made me acceptable. I don't have to do anything to please God. He has already accepted me in Christ. So what we end up trying to do is we're trying to impress God. You don't have to impress God. God's not impressed. <laughs> God made you accepted in the beloved, in Christ. Once he put you in Christ, he accepted you. Can somebody get a Lord a big hand? He has already accepted you. So don't go out here hollering about, oh, no, oh, no, God. God already accepted you. He's not going to change his mind tomorrow. God already forgiven you. He's not going to change his mind tomorrow. All right, next verse says, in whom, in Christ, we have redemption. I ask you what redemption is. We have redemption through his blood. How do you have redemption? Well, people are getting water baptized. How many know that's not redemption? People will tell you I need to be water baptized in Jesus' name to get the Holy Ghost. You can't. That's Old Testament. We only got redemption, put it back on the screen, through his blood. How you got redemption? Through his blood. And then he says, what it is? It is called the forgiveness of sin. What's redemption? The forgiveness of sin. And it's according to the riches of his grace, his kindness. You can't do nothing to earn it. Get the Lord another big hand. 
nothing on it. You can't do nothing to get his redemption, his forgiveness. You just have to receive his son and believe in Christ's death, death, burial, and resurrection for your life, and God give you. How God give you the Holy Spirit? Let me show you one more, Ephesians 1, 13 and 14. How do God give you the Holy Spirit? God did not give you the Holy Spirit because you hoof and huff and a puff. Like I tell you, one of the greatest things we, my wife and I learned when we was growing up as young pastors, we went to a place out there, the Miracle Mile, and this guy at that time was coming in there, he, he was a singing, he was a singing evangelist, and he was on TBN and all this stuff, and he was singing, and he says, God's going to come and visit you tonight. Everyone will receive it right now in Jesus' name. Me and my wife had our hands up. She said, you want God to come and visit you tonight. You will receive the Holy Spirit tonight. God's going to give you a personal invitation tonight. You, you, you was out there, you was out there too? Yeah, <laughs> right out there, right out there. Uh, I can't think of the, the preacher's name, but, but, the, but the man, the man church right now is, 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 was bought by the greatest preacher that you see on TV today. That's all I can tell you. He's in Texas. That's all I can tell you. I'm on TV. He bought his church. That guy I'm telling you about, that we was out there the singing one on TV. How many here know the greatest preacher in, in this earth right now, you look at it for as well-known, that's what I mean. Y'all don't even know, T.D. Jakes. Sorry, my brother. I'm just saying, God has blessed that man. I'm telling you, he... God has made that man an awesome voice in the earth. Amen. Amen. Okay, let's move on. Now, he may not be Pastor Crump, but he's T.D. Jakes. <laughs> That's all right. I know where y'all were going. All right. Yeah, but you know what? I respect people in their gift, brother. Amen. You can't take that from them. All right. Now, here's Ephesians 1, 13, 14. How you get the Holy Spirit. In whom also you trusted. Somebody say, I trust it. What do you trust after you heard the word of truth? He didn't tell you heard the gospel of the kingdom. He didn't tell you heard the law. He didn't tell you that. He said you had to hear the word of, word of truth. Most people don't know what the word of truth is. That's what I'm preaching. The word truth in your Bible, you go look it up, mean revealed. When it's truth, it's what? Revealed. revealed. If it's not revealed word, it's not truth. That's why Jesus said you shall know the Truth and the truth shall make you free. You can't get free until you hear the revealed word. The revealed word has the Holy Spirit. In whom also you trust after you heard the word of truth. Then he said the word of truth is the gospel of your salvation. Tell the, the word of truth is the gospel of your salvation. Then it says in whom after you believed. So all you got to do is hear the word of truth, believe the word of truth. Then the Bible said you were sealed Seal, how many know how you do, do, do stuff down south when you can stuff? Some of y'all don't know anything about that. Now, my daughter over there, she don't know nothing about no can. She go down all the time, but she don't know nothing about no can. To can stuff, you got to put it in a tub or something, boil the water, put tops on it with a little rubber seal around it, and then have them so they won't be too tight. So once that water gets hot, they'll suck them down. Stoop. Stoop. And all you got to do is just tighten the top up. They've been sealed. That's what has happened to you. The Holy Spirit has come and has sealed your soul. 
Watch, how, watch what the Bible says. You were sealed. Now, I'm, I'm going somewhere now. In whom also you trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. In whom also after you, were, after you believed, you were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. Okay? That's what the Holy Ghost promised. Okay? Which is earnest. That means you don't have it all. You got, you got the Holy Ghost, but you ain't got everything. You ain't got it all yet. Which is the earnest down payment, earnest down payment of our inheritance. Otherwise, the beginning of your inheritance must be the Holy Spirit. God can't give you all this other stuff until you get the Holy Spirit in you. The earnest of our inheritance unto the redemption of the person possession, unto the praise of his glory. Now, what I want to do today, I want to follow the vision, and I want to show you what's going on. We showed you Habakkuk chapter 2. Uh, let's go there first. Proverbs 29, 18 was a good one. Proverbs 29, 18, where there is no vision. Where there is no vision, what happened to the people? The people perish. Where there is no vision, the people perish. But he that keepeth the law, at that time the law was the vision. The law is not the vision no more. Happy is he. Blessed, that word happy is blessed. Where there is no vision. Okay, but we have a vision here from God, and that's the gospel of Christ. All right, remember the word is the vision. All right, now, Hebrew, Habakkuk chapter 2, here we go. I will climb up on my watchtower, and I will stand at my guidepost. There will I wait to see what the Lord answered and how he would answer my complaints. Because the prophet has been talking to God about Israel. Now, we're going to show you all this is going to take you to end times. Then the Lord said to me, or answer me, write my answer plainly on tablets. Otherwise, write the vision. The vision is the answer. The vision is the how to do. The problems in the church is the burdens. That's why you got to have a vision to answer the problems. Somebody say amen. All right. So the Lord said to me, write the vision, write the answer plainly on tablets so that a runner can carry the correct message to others. So if you don't have the right vision, you don't have the correct message. This vision, he says, is for a future time. Habakkuk. This vision is for a future time. You remember we got, we got, we got Jeremiah and Habakkuk, which was uh, B.C. 629 and Habakkuk B.C. 626. So they was before Israel went into captivity. This vision, I'm done with that. Oh, this vision is for a future time. It describes the end. Now, most people will tell you that the end is in your future. But how can you be in Christ and the end is in your future? And when Christ is the end. <laughs> Write down 1 Peter 4, 7. The vision is for future time. The vision will describe the end. The vision will be fulfilled. If it seems slow in coming, wait for it. Wait patiently. Because the vision will surely come. It will surely take place. It will not be delayed. Now remember those words. The vision will be at the time of the end. Now I want you to look at the King James Version and give me 1 John 2.18. I'm giving you answers before beginning. Because 
When I show you things like, then I'm going to go to Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1 and 2. Got to get to work. Thank you, Lord. We're going to go to 1 John 2, 18, then Hebrews 1 and 1 and 2. Little children, I want you to hear this real good. It is the last time. 2,000 years ago. Little children, it is what? It's the last time. Now, I'm going to show you what you going back to places in prophecy, it told you in the last days, in the last time, this is what's going to happen. So John come out and said, look, it's, all, it's the last, we're in the last time. Look at 1 Peter, 1 Peter 4, 7, and read it out to NLT. 1 Peter chapter 4. And verse 7. See, people don't know the word will always tell you, well, you know, when the Lord come, he'll deal with that then. 2,000 years ago is when Peter was written. And watch what the word said. The end of the world is coming soon. Wait a minute. Now, if I go all the way back here and I talk to Noah, Noah says 40 days and 40 nights. It's going to be the end of the world. Soon. Now, how did Peter know that? Peter knew because he knew the word. And he knew prophecy had to be fulfilled. So I'm going to go back and show you the times, times how he knew it was coming soon. He said, the end of the world is coming soon. Therefore, be earnest and disciplined in your prayers. End of the world coming soon. Now, this is what... Peter says, 2,000 years ago, go to Revelation chapter 1, verse 1. Let's see what John says. See, I, I, I sit and I listen to people, and they always tell you what's going to happen. They don't know nothing about the word. The revelation of Jesus Christ was God gave to John to show unto his servants, not you, you're not his servants. That was Israel. To show his servant thing which must shortly come to pass. 2,000 years ago, that is what came on the Israel press. The revelation of Jesus Christ which God gave to him through the prophet John to show unto his servants Israel things which must shortly come to pass and he sent and he signified it by his angel unto his servant John. And yet people say, and told John to bear record of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus Christ and all things, John, that you saw. I want you to write it down. He gave them the book of Revelation. That's all I wanted. But here it is, 2,000 years ago, because man don't know the word. He tell you, yeah, you know, the Lord is going to come, and the end of the world is going to come, and the wrath of God is going to come, and don't worry about them people. When God come, God going And that's why I just shake my head, because they don't know. With tears in my eyes, they don't know. All right, so let's go to work. We're going to go all the way back to Daniel first, and then we're going to look at Ezekiel. Then we're going to look at Revelation. We're going to do all this in a half hour. Thank God for his goodness. <laughs> if I don't finish today, you know you got coming next week. Somebody say amen. amen. Let's go to Daniel 8, 13. Let's start off there. Okay, you got Hebrew. I'm sorry, Hebrew 1 and 1. 
God who at sundry times, divers menace, spake past tense, spake in time past. God spake in time past unto, his, unto the fathers of Israel. Fathers, he spake by the prophets. Now John, now Paul says, hath, hath, H-A-T-H, hath, in the last days, till you see it's not in your future, 2,000 years ago. In the last days, spoken to us by his son, whom he had appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the world. So God already spoke in those last days. Those were the last days of the old age. The word age means dispensation. That dispensation was coming to an end. Just like when, John, when you had uh, Noah preach, it was at the end of the dispensation. That's why he said, for the days and for the night, it's over. Now, you can sit there and argue with you, which they did. They argued with it, and they was outside knocking that wall. Somebody say amen. amen. Yeah, God showed, you know what God did? He showed me who was wise, who was foolish. I had never seen that in my life. I can't show you this week, though. I got too much. Because I'll go in a minute, John. Whoop. Here we go. Daniel, this is why I told you, I know it sounds good to call the body of Christ saints, but we are not the saints. Because if you're the saint, you still have to come with the Lord in there. Because he's coming with 10,000 of his saints. All right, here we go. You're the body of Christ. That's what 1 Corinthians chapter 12 says. Now you're the body of Christ. That's why I keep saying you're the body of Christ. All right? You're members of one body. All right, here we go. Then I heard one saint. Now we're in Daniel. That's why they are saints. Daniel said, I heard one saint speaking to and another saint said unto that certain saint. Which spake, how long? This was a question. How long shall the vision concerning the daily sacrifice and, and, and the transgression of desolation. Remember, remember Jesus used the abomination of desolation. Are y'all following me? Yes. Right. How long shall the sacrifice that you're doing in the temple and the abomination of desolation to give both the sanctuary and the host be trodden underfoot? How long is it going to be? That's what the question was. When Jesus came, look at Matthew all right, we do one, two more verses. We do one more verse. We, we do. And he said to me, 2,300 days. Does that sound like 2,000 years? No. But if you listen to folk, like I did, I was so scared to read the book of Revelation when I first started reading the book of Revelation. I got me one of those uh, tapes. My wife, I bought all this for my wife, but I would never read the book of Revelation. I would never listen to it because I was scared. And when I got that tape on and I put that revelation on, it said, whoa, whoa. <laughs> so I ain't going there. In the book of Revelation, boy, they got a lot of them woes in there. But I understood what the woes are about now. All right, but that's another thing. All right, got to keep me informed. In verse 14, said, he said to me, unto 2,300 days, then shall the sanctuary be cleansed. Just told you, right? All right. Now, let me go. Let me go to. Let me go to. 
to uh no 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 I gotta stay at Daniel first. I'm gonna go to Ezekiel just a moment. Because I want to show you something. When you read the Bible, see, I already talked the book of Daniel, talked the book of uh, Revelation, talked the book of Genesis. So, you know, when you talk books now, you're able to see a lot. So much. God show you so much. The reason I talked the book of Revelation, the book of Genesis, is because God gave me the book of Daniel. All right, now, in the book of Daniel, I want to go all the way back. I just read chapter 8. Let me see if I need to read anything else there. Uh, I read verse number. Well, let's go back to verse 10. So this is, this is what happened with Daniel. Go back to verse 10, because I'm going to be reading real fast, so you guys know how to catch up, keep up back there. Verse 10 says, and it waxed great. He's talking about this king. Even to the host of heaven. It, and it cast down some of the hosts. Talking about the, the army of Israel. Hosts or army. And of the stars, which is the leaders of Israel, to the ground and stamped upon them. Yea, he magnified himself even to the prince of the host. Talking about Christ is the prince of the host. Uh, the prince of the armies of Israel. And by the daily sacrifice was taken away. And the place of his, sac of his sanctuary was cast down. Now all of this happened to Israel. And an host was given to him against the daily sacrifice by reason of the transgression. And it, and it cast down the truth. He cast down the truth to the ground. And it practiced and prospered. Then I heard one saint speaking to another saint and said to that certain saint who spake, how shall, it, how, how shall be the vision concerning the daily sacrifice? And the transgression of desolation to give both the sanctuary and the host to be trodden down. How long is it going to be for Israel is destroyed and Israel army destroyed and Jerusalem be destroyed? That's why you have Matthew 24, 1. And he said unto me, under 2,300 days, then shall the sanctuary be cleansed. And it came to pass, I, Daniel said, had seen the vision. And I sought for the meaning then, because, behold, there stood before me as the appearance of a man. And I heard a man's voice between the bands of Uli, which called and said, Gabriel, make this man to understand the vision. Remember, you have the Holy Spirit now. All right, the messenger of the old covenant was Gabriel. So he called near, he came near, and when I stood, when, I, when he came, I was afraid. And I fell upon my face. And he said unto me, Understand, O son of man, at, this, at the time of the end, remember, at the time of the end shall be the vision. He said, at the time, at the time of, the end, of the end will be the vision. vision. Alright. So the vision not going to be completed until the end. Now, as I was speaking, with, as he was speaking with me, I was in a deep sleep. My face toward the ground. But he touched me, set me up, and he said, Behold, I will make thee know what shall be in the last end of the indignation, for at the time appointed, the end shall be. Everything's going to happen at the end. So now, in verse number 20, now the ram, we're talking about kings now. We're not talking about animals with horns. The ram which thou sowest with two horns are what? 
I need I need y'all to wake up there. What what are what are the ram? We're not talking about no we're not talking about nobody on TV with no horns. Like they trying to show you over there on uh, TBN and all this stuff, the horn growing out the man's head. It's all that stuff. See, they, they don't know. They made a movie, don't know it. The two horns are the kings of Medes and Persia. So you have, first you have, you're going to only show it to you, the first man you have was Nebuchadnezzar. So if you don't know, you need to write these down. These are the four kings. Number one, Nebuchadnezzar, he was the king of Babylon. Then you had the Medes and the Persians who came together and defeated Nebuchadnezzar. Then you had the Grecians, that's on the screen. The Grecians defeated the Medes and the Persians, and then after that, you, you, had this, you had to have this to pass in high school. You don't remember this, but you had to have it to get out of high school. Praise God. And then the, and then the Romans de defeated the Grecians. Okay. That's why when Christ came, who was in authority? The Romans. Thank you very much. All right. Now, y'all got that Caesar, right? All right. Now, watch what happened. In verse 24, I'm, I'm, I'm skipping because I don't have time to do all this. It says, and his power shall be mighty, but not by his own power. He shall destroy wonderfully and shall prosper practice and shall destroy the mighty and the holy people. So he's going to come and kill the children of Israel and tear down the temple. And through his policy and also shall be craft to prosper his hand. And he shall magnify himself in his heart and by peace shall destroy many. He shall also stand up against the prince of, the prince of princes. We know that's Christ, right? But, but shall be broken without hand. You got that right. And the vision of the evening and the morning which was told is true. Wherefore, Daniel, shut up the vision, for it shall be many days. And I, Daniel, fainted and was sick certain days after I rose and did the king's business, and I was astonished at the vision, but I understood it not. All right, so Daniel did not understand the vision. So what we want to do is go to Daniel 9, 20 through 27. Let me give you one, this one here before I go. In Daniel chapter 9, because he's going to give you how long. Daniel chapter 9, and while I was speaking and praying and confessing my sin, that Old Testament, see, you don't do that no more, and the sin of my people, and I presented my supplication before the Lord my God for the holy mountain of my God, yea, while I was speaking in prayer, even the man Gabriel, remember that was the message of the covenant, Old Testament covenant, whom I have seen in, in the vision at the beginning being caused to fly swiftly. Ain't no people flying. That's Gabriel. Okay. And then it says, he touched me about the time of the evening oblation, the evening sacrifice. He informed me and he talked with me and said, oh, Daniel, I am not come forth to give you skill and understanding. At the beginning of your supplication, the commandments came forth. I'm come to show you, for thou art greatly beloved, Therefore, understand the matter and consider the vision. Then he's going to tell him how long? 70 weeks, which is 490 years. Now, any of you all know, if they were in Israel, there was 400 years before you got to Christ. So it can't be in your covenant. 490 years. 70 weeks are determined upon thy people, Daniel, and upon thy holy city to finish the transgression, make an end of sins. We know that's what Jesus did 2,000 years ago and make reconciliation for iniquity, 
and bring in everlasting righteousness. That's why we have everlasting righteousness now. Seal up the vision. That's Luke 16 and 16. Seal up the vision and prophecy. And to anoint the most holy. That's why when, when, when they wrote Acts 10, 38, how God anointed Jesus with the Holy Ghost and with power. And he went about doing good, healing all those that were oppressed of the devil. For God was with them. All right. So that has already been fulfilled by Christ. All right. Now we go to show you something in the word of God. Let's go to this is going to happen in Revelation. I'm going to show it to you in Ezekiel. Ezekiel 8. You and Daniel got a bag up. In Ezekiel chapter 8. Now, when you read Ezekiel, when he received the vision, this is a same thing that's going to happen in Revelation chapter 7. So if you got your Bible in Ezekiel chapter 8, you need to put Revelation chapter 7 right on the top of that because that go with that. It came to pass in the sixth year. In the sixth month, in the fifth day of the month, as I sat in my house, this Ezekiel, God going to give him a vision. And the word of the Lord said to, t said to him, as he said in his house, and the elders of Judah, the hand of the Lord God fell upon, there upon me, he says. Then behold, a likeness of the appearance of fire. Can you see the same person that Daniel saw? Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Then I beheld and loaded likeness of the appearance of fire from the appearance of his loins even down with fire and from his loin even up with the appearance of brightness and color of amber. He saw God's throne. The father is seated on his throne and from waist up is nothing but glare. From waist down glare. That's all he could see. He couldn't see them but the figure of the, of the, of the, of the Lord on the, on the throne. That's what he's saying he's seeing so here, in verse number three, he says, and he put forth the form of his hand, and he took me by the lock of my head, and the spirit lifted me up between the earth. Now, the earth is not over here in Pontiac. The earth is Israel, the promised land. Okay, you have the earth and the heaven. The earth is the promised land, and the heaven is Jerusalem. Okay, you need to write them down. In the beginning, God created the heaven. And earth. It's not, it's not, uh, he created Pontiac. You got to get out of Pontiac. All right. Sometime, right? And he put forth the form of a hand, and he took me by the lock of my neck, and the Spirit lifted me up between the earth and the heaven, and brought me in the visions of God into Jerusalem, to the door of the inner gate that looketh toward the north, where was the seat of the image of jealousy, was provoked to jealousy. Now, God... Now remember, Ezekiel's in captivity with Daniel. So now Ezekiel's going to have a vision because Daniel, Ezekiel, the guy, they're praying for the people that was left in captivity, which was all the old people and the children. So they didn't go into captivity. Only the army and all the young men were taken into captivity and all the women. Now here all these old men are left behind and all the children. And these men are praying in captivity, want to make sure that they're all right back there. Let's see if they're okay. Let's check this out. Now, God's going to show Ezekiel. He says, he's going to take him by the neck, hand, and he gonna, his neck, he's going to take him up. <clears throat> and the Bible says, he's going to show him the seat of the image of jealousy. 
which provoked the Lord to jealousy. And behold, the glory of God of Israel was there, according to the vision that I saw in the plain. Then, then the angel gave a said unto me, Son of man, lift up thine eyes the way toward the north. So I looked up my eyes, and I looked again, looked to the north, and behold, at the gate of the altar, the image of jealousy in the entrance. These people had put in the gate of Jerusalem, when you come in, the image. So everybody had to bow or worship the image to come in. Now there's just one thing. Believe me, we just started. In verse number five, then the angel said to me, lift up your eyes now, <coughs> excuse me, towards the north. So I lifted my eyes, the way toward the north, and behold, at the gate of the altar, the image of jealousy in the entrance. He said, furthermore to me, son of man, seeth thou what they do here, even a greater abomination than these, the house of Israel committing here, that I should go far off from my sanctuary, but I'm, they think I'm gone. Turn yet again. I want to show you something else. You're going to see greater abomination than these. And he brought me to the door of the court. When I looked, behold, a hole in the wall. So he said, come on up. I'm going to show you. I'm going to take you up inside here because I want to show you what they're doing in church. See, they're all looking sanctimoniously, but let's go, let's go where they live. He brought me in through the door of the court. And when I looked, behold, a hole in the wall. Then he said to me, son of man, dig now in the wall. And when I had digged in the wall, behold, a door. Wasn't door of faith. <laughs> and he said to me, go in, go in the door. Behold, the wicked abomination. Look at the wicked abomination that they do here. So I went in and I saw and behold, every form of creeping thing abominable beast, and all the idols of the house of Israel was drawn, portrayed upon the wall round about. They had had people to sculpture all around inside of the temple, all of the idols. So he said, you see what's going on here? You here praying for the people. You see what they're doing? Well, let me, let's see something else. Verse 11. There stood before them 70 men, of the ancient of the house of Israel, and the midst of them, Jazaniah, Jazaniah, the son of Shaphan, every man his censor. That's how they got that with that smoke. See, all of them got their censer in their hand. They walking all through the house with their smoke. All of them got their censer in their hand. All right. Watch this. And a thick cloud of incense went up. Then he said to me, Son of man, hath I seen what the angel of the house of Israel do in the dark? In the dark. They don't think nobody see him. Every man in his chamber of his imagery. Everybody got his little old place that he goes sits in with his little images and worship his image. God said, let me just show you around. You hear word about them like, I left them here and not let the enemy kill them. Let me show what they're doing. 
This is awesome, ain't it? He says, son of man, verse 12, you seen what they do in the dark? He says, watch what they say. The Lord doesn't see us. The Lord sees us not. The Lord has forsaken us. The Lord gone with the people that went in captivity. He ain't over here with us no more. That's what people think. They think when they go somewhere, they left God. That's why I did the teaching of this ministry. There's one mediator between God and man. Now, when I get on the renewed mind, I'm going to show you why. Because when you go to someone else, he, he is called a medium. Christ is the only mediator between God and man. So when you go to somebody else, you just saw the medium. You didn't go to the Lord. You went to somebody else that you thought was, had more favor than you and to get between you and God. Anybody between you and God is called mediator. There's one mediator between God and men. So when you go to a witch, you just sought a medium. See, people wonder why things don't work in their life. You go to other folks trying to buy numbers. Don't you know that's a devil? Don't you know it's a witch? Don't you know those people sell books of demons? Look on the back of the book. And you wonder why things ain't working in your life. That's what these people do. I ain't going to look down. I'm looking right on this book and keep on going. The Lord has forsaken the earth. He said, look, 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 verse 13. Let me show you something else. He said, let me show you what the women are doing. Verse 13, he says, turn yet again. You don't see great abomination in these. Then he brought me to the door of the gate of the Lord's house, which was toward the north. And behold, there were women weeping for Tammuz. Women. Tammuz is the goddess that has all the breasts. The fertility of gods. All the women was in there worshiping the fertility of God. I ain't gonna say nothing else about that. Just you, you figure that right out. Verse 15 says, Have you seen this, O son of man? Turn yet again. You're gonna see greater abomination than thee. Greater? Yeah. It's gonna get better. Worse. And he brought me to the inner court of the Lord's house. He said, you ain't seen nothing. We ain't got a church yet. And behold, at the door of the temple of the Lord's house, between the porch and the altar, were about five and twenty men with their backs toward the temple of the Lord. They had turned their back to God. And they face us toward the east. And they worship in the sun instead of God. God, do, do you, you see all this? You worried about why the church ain't prospering? You worried about why God can't really bless the church? Now, that ain't going on up in here now. But you'd be surprised how many people are still holding on to stuff like horoscope. What's your horoscope? Are you, now they used to tell me, when I went to college, what month you was born in, Earl? I said, April. 
I mean, they're already going to tell you, trying to tell you the future because you were born in April. And then now we can't talk because I'm a, I'm a this and you. And there are people who go to school and college and take sororities. And they take those things so in depth until they end them the day after they got out of church, after they got out of school 20, 30, 40 years ago, they still want to be a sorority. And they wonder why God doesn't. See, when I first started coming to ministry years ago, I had a whole lot of people came to me, want to know, did I want to be in this uh, when you're men, when you're men, what is it called? Masonic. Masonic. Masons. Trying to, trying to get me in. Be one of the brothers. I said, well, let me find out about it first. I got the books in my office. You worshiping demons. You're not worshiping God no more. You're worshiping devils. In that same book, it would tell you that one of the people who is the high priest in the Masonic sits in the East just like God does. So you didn't learn about stuff you in. All this stuff people in and don't realize how, how, when you said, I don't know why I can't feel the Holy Ghost. Come out. That's why Jesus told his people, come out from among them. Come out from among them. Be separate, said the Lord of hosts. Touch not the unclean thing. I will receive you. You can't, have, you can't be in that mess. When I got in school, when I got in college, man, I learned some stuff. Man, I had people, we went to places, and this guy said, you want to play with us? I'm going, what you playing? And God is my witness. I said, no, I'm just going to observe. Go right ahead. I look at that thing, and they had a board called a Ouija board. God is my witness. God is my witness. I had never seen it scare the daylights out of me. I kept looking at that thing. After a while, them things started moving on the board by themselves. I said, man, I, we got to get out of here, man. We got class tomorrow, man. <laughs> scared, scared the daylight. I'm serious. Look, let me tell you something. Demons are real. They're in the spirit realm. That's why you're a spirit. That's why you have to understand not to worship other spirits. Okay, let's finish this because I got, I got to finish this at least to be able to start somewhere next time, right? Now, he said in verse 16, he brought me into the inner court of the Lord's house. Behold, at the door of the temple of the Lord, behold, between the porch and the altar, 25, 25 men with their backs to the temple of the Lord, facing the east, worshiping the sun. In verse 17, then he said to me, have you seen this old son of man? It's a light thing what the house of Judah is doing, that they commit the abomination which they commit here. For they have filled the land with violence. Wait a minute. Are you telling me what the people doing in the church is filling the land with violence? Are you telling me what God do in the church that 
is how the city is controlled. If we are holy here and godly here, it changes the city. But if the church is wicked, then the city will be wicked. That's why we came to this neighborhood to bring change, not just build a church. Watch what it says. They even put the branch to their nose. I'm not going to even bother that today. <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory to God. Verse 18. <laughs> hey. Verse 18. Therefore I would also deal in my fury. My eyes shall not spare, neither will I have pity, though they cry in my ears with the voice, yet would I not hear, saith the Lord. Now watch, this is how they got chapter 9, they got punished. Punishment came because of their wickedness. Ezekiel chapter 9, verse 1, just a little bit. Thank you. He cried also in my ear with a loud voice, saying, Cause them that have charge over the city to draw near. Now, who have charge over the city of Israel? The angels did. There were six angels that had charge over the city of Israel. Is, angels don't have charge over this city. God gave charge over the city in the new covenant to the church. And to the man, he gave the vision. Some of y'all don't know. Y'all just don't know what y'all got. I'm your gift. That's why, that's why 19, God showed me this. God showed me this in 1986. He gave me a vision. He showed it to me. Thank you. He says, I want you to make these signs. Jesus for Pontiac and Pontiac for Jesus. He made them, in, showed it to me. I got them in my office. Make car tags and everything else. See, I know I'm one of them. I'm not saying I'm the only one. That's why God told me, build your house in Pontiac, build your church in Pontiac. This will be the most prosperous land in the city. This will be the most expensive property in the city. That was, that was 20 years when we bought this property. I told my wife, we saw many places. We saw places where it had swimming pools and everything else. I said, I can't do that. God told me to build my house here and build a church here. Somebody say amen. amen. All right, we got to finish. I got three minutes. Verse number, verse number nine says, he, he, he cried with a loud voice in my ears. Call them that have the child of the city, which was the angel. Call them to draw near. Every man with his, his sword and weapon in his hand. And behold, six men came from the way of the high gate, which lies toward the north, every man a slaughter weapon in his hand. One man all among them was clothed with linen and with a writer's ink horn by his side. They went in and stood beside the brazen altar. And the glory of God of Israel was gone up, gone up, gone up from the cherub where he was to the trussing of the house. And he called the man with the linen clothes which hath the writer's ink horn. You can see him standing in the heavens over Israel. He said to them, go through the midst of the city, through the midst of Jerusalem, and set a mark upon the foreheads 
or the men that sigh and cry and for those who, who the abomination have done in this midst, who are crying for revival, who's crying for change, go in there and seal their head with the with a mark on their forehead. And the other, other angels I want you to do, after he do that, I want you to go through the midst of the city and I want you to smite. Let not your eye, smite, your eye spare, neither have pity, slay the old, the young, the children, the women, the baby, I don't care. Come not near any man on whom is the name Jesus. That was the mark. Come not near any man that has a name, Jesus. Don't forget I told you. And began at my sanctuary. Then they began at the ancient men, which were before the house. When we continue, we're going to continue to show you the vision. If you want to get a little ahead of me, start reading Revelation chapter 7. They sealed 144,000 and the rest were killed. My time is up. I thank you for yours. This is not going to happen. This is what happened. Your Bible is not telling you what's going to happen. Your Bible is trying to get you to learn what's already happened. But you ought to thank God that you are in the dispensation of grace because you are not... Listen, I know you got all these kind of folks telling you about the... I got my wall clothes on and all this kind of stuff. You are not in no wall against nobody. You war against your mind. And you need to get that thing regulated and get it renewed. But other than that, you're not out trying to get nobody. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imagination. That's where your war is. Trying to make sure you get your mind on right and get all this other stuff out your heart and stop the devil from talking at 1 o'clock in the morning. Come on, let's get a lot of big hand clap of praise. Come on, come on, thank the Lord for his words. My time is up. I thank you for yours. Thank you for listening to the Dora Faith Ministries podcast. I hope this message was a blessing to you and we look forward to seeing you on the next episode. If you're listening on iTunes, be sure to give us a five-star rating. Also, be sure to find us online at www.mydoorfaith.org. That's www.mydoorfaith.org.